listening to The Journey Podcast. The Journey is a college and young adult ministry of Southcrest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. You guys can have a seat. Can I give it up for the worship band for leading us tonight? Thank you, Colin and Emily. Appreciate you guys. Hey, um, if I haven't met you yet, my name is Cole Rhodes. I'm our uh, journey pastor. I've been here uh, this January will be two years. Been a a great two years with you guys. Um, Also, if you haven't been here the past couple of weeks, we've been in a series called Get Out of Your Head, focusing on mental health issues like anxiety and and depression. And uh, while I am no expert uh, in, in that realm by any stretch of the imagination, where we've kind of launched from is a biblical worldview looking at those issues. And so what's really comforting for us to, to know and to realize is that um, there, there, is, there is freedom in saying that these issues exist. Christians can acknowledge, yes, anxiety exists, depression exists. We can also admit that, hey, some of these things are, are, are clinical. Some of these things are um, like you have been diagnosed uh, and, and you need to take medicine for these things. You need to get therapy for these things. And that, that is okay. Just as it would be strange for me not to take Advil or uh, Tylenol with a, with a fever or a headache, it would be strange if modern medicine allowed it through God's common grace to bring relief to those things. And so that's a necessary caveat and framework that we've looked at this. And where, it, where we really have landed on the past two weeks is no matter how strong that anxiety is and, and, and real, no matter what you need to, to, to treat that and do, maybe it's because of your, even some of your own sin or other sins against you, no, and no matter how strong that depression may be, how deeply sad you may be, that with anxiety, that anxiety does not get the last word. Jesus does. That the, the voice that calms the storming seas is the same voice that calls us by name. And that voice has a name. His name is Jesus. That when you look at the story of him basically telling the, the raging seas what to do and to be calm, that he has the ability to calm that rage in us, that angst in us that occurs through his voice, through his peace that he offers us in the gospel and also daily abiding peace that is available through him. And also looking at depression through the lens of his word, no matter how strong and powerful it can seem, what we know is that ultimately that our depression is not stronger than the strength of God. (laughs) That, That even in our weakness, physiological, even because of sins that we've committed that have led us to low places, that even in our weakness, when we say, God, I'm weak, that's an opportunity for him to display his strength. Amen? And that is the lens we must continue to look at. So I do not pretend to be a psychologist, but I do, um, I do know that I'm a man that believes in the word of God. And so that's where we've launched from and looked at and clung to certain promises from God's word. And so tonight, because tonight is the last gathering of the semester in terms of Tuesday night gathering the way we normally do it. There's a few other things we'll do November 30th and then in December. What we have to do, what we have to do tonight is tie up this, what's been a really short series in, in just three weeks. That's a hard task, right? How do you do that? What, what do we look at? And though, so there are so many other issues we could have looked at. We could have looked at trauma. We could have looked at um, panic attacks and anxiety attacks. We could have looked at um, suicide. And I mean, the, the list goes on and on. And, and those are 
valid topics and subjects and something that honestly, if that's anywhere in your area, I want you to feel the, the empowered to be vulnerable and to seek out help and even talk to one of us. But one of the things I thought, if we really wanna, we're gonna have to end it tonight, I think a really great way that we can do this is we can talk about community. We can talk about how if we really wanna be a place that is a good place to be if you're struggling, (laughs) then we need to have good community, right? So we can talk about anxiety, we can talk about depression, but if we don't have a good space to struggle with those things, uh-oh, right? That's, that's not good. But here's, here's the hope, is that God in his word has showed us that. He's, he showed us what that community can look like. And, and not just for mental health issues. This is for any weakness, any struggle that you have. And by the way, if you haven't figured that out yet, I think you probably have. We all struggle, don't we? <laughs> We, we all come into this mess as broken sinners redeemed by the grace of God, right? We all have backgrounds that are a little bit messy or if they're somehow not, you make it messy eventually, right? We, we all have our stuff. And so I want you to hear this sermon. I kind of wanna put some lenses on for you through the lens of, hey, we're talking about what would community look like for those that, that struggle with anxiety and depression and mental illness, but also just for all of us. What do we want that to look like? And so what I want you to do is turn to Romans chapter 15 in your Bibles, Romans chapter 15, verses one through seven. And before we go there, as you turn there, I wanna really set up for you the big emphasis on why we're gonna be in this text tonight. The biggest reason why I want us to talk about community, that the reason it makes the most sense and it involves the announcement that we told you that we wanted to, to give to you and, and tell you about. It's something that we're really excited about for the spring. But this announcement that I wanna to tell you about, what I'm excited to share with you, it comes with a why, it comes with reasoning. And so as we talk about community, you should know a little bit of a background. The past couple of weeks and months and even since all the way since last May, I've been asking a question to myself and to others and really in the past month, a lot of different people. And what we've been asking, we've been questions around like, hey, how can the journey grow? How can we get better? Just be honest, what's something that's just bad, <laughs> right? We, we need to hear it because we wanna grow and we wanna get better. And there were lots of helpful things. There were things for me as a leader that I needed to hear, things that I need to grow personally as a pastor, things, ways I need to grow in, in preaching. Again, hard to hear, but clarity is a leader's best friend, right? And I think for us as a ministry, clarity is also a ministry's best friend. And so what we began to hear over and over and over again was something that was, was like a breath of fresh air. We, we saw this common theme and it's around this word, it's around community. It's that we need to grow a lot in the area. It is, and we talked with our, our connect group leaders on Sunday, a lot of them know this already, but we, we talked about how for, for years now, even before I, I was blessed to come here and be your journey pastor, that connect groups by and large have struggled to create the community that we really want to have uh, for various reasons. But I, but I think 
as we kind of looked and we listened, it sort of made sense. Where you form your best friendships and where you get to know people is not in a four by four space, right? With, and some of you have been asked to do it in those small little kid chairs in the gym, right? Like, y'all don't even wanna sit that long, like much less form community, right? Like, let's just get through the questions, right? And, and move on, because these chairs are awfully uncomfortable, right? And it's not that there hasn't been great things that have happened there, but we're talking about living life together, right? We're, we're talking about forming deep relationships and, and, and being excited. We're talking about, man, sharing meals together. And, and we just found over and over again for various reasons that trying to do that in the context of connect groups have just not gone the way that we've wanted to go. But here's the beauty of it. I said clarity is a leader's best friend. It's a ministry's best friend. So through intentionally being humble and wanting to listen and learn from you and what, how can we create spaces that help you know and be known? How can we do that? And where we've landed as we've listened and processed and prayed is that starting in the spring, like starting in January, we are moving to home groups. Some of you have no idea what home groups are. Let me explain it. A home group is where South Crest families generously and lovingly open up their home to different groups of college students on different uh, days of the week that work for you. That's what those tables are back there for. I'll tell you in a minute or afterwards what, exactly what we want you to do. It's for um, years, really all college, not just first to fourth year, but even for some of our grad student crew, all of those years, guys and girls come together. We're gonna have four different groups. We're gonna come together. We're gonna share a meal together. We're gonna eat. We're gonna laugh. We're gonna have fun. We're gonna play with their dog if they have a dog. Whatever it is that you wanna do, live life, come together, have fun. And then we're gonna do something that's very important. We're gonna gather around the word. We're gonna open up the word together. We're gonna read. We're gonna share what God is teaching us through it. And you know why that's so important? It's because every single person that we talk to, when we ask them, hey, what's going well? What's going well? You could summarize it for that with us as a journey, every time we gather around the word, good things happen. Every time. That's, that should be a no-brainer, right? It sounds so simple. But this can be on a small group setting. This can be a group of guys or girls that meet separately. This can be in a large group setting. And so that's exactly what we want to do. We want to group us and put us in spaces that work for your schedule, that divide this bigger group up into something, into a group where you can reasonably know and be known, maybe of about 20 people or so, where you can come together, where girls afterwards, if you want to, split off and talk and, and hold each other accountable, guys can do the same thing and that starts to happen organically and we wanna give you a space to do that that are the same spaces that you would have been forming friendships anyway. Does that make sense, y'all tracking? And so the reason I'm super excited about this is because we have been trying to find traction in this area and this is something that a, a, a lot of you are, are bought into. This is something a lot of you are, have already communicated. This is what we want. And so why I'm encouraged as a leader is sometimes we, we plan and we're like, we present it and it's like, I hate this. This is terrible, right? Uh, but this is something where I want you to know, even if you weren't asked individually, there was still time for questions and we want to talk through and, and listen and, and answer those and help you process that. But man, I am excited for what God's going to do in those spaces. And we understand, I know, I've learned this hard way in the past, like change is a process. Change requires patience and, and flexibility. 
But man, I hope you see it in my communication. Like I'm, I'm excited for this. And I'm excited that the way we're gonna structure our ministry is gonna enable all of you to begin truly living life together in the way that we've always wanted to. Y'all, y'all try, does it make sense? Okay. And what you should know above all, as we jump into Romans 15, not Isaiah 11, I just turned to Isaiah 11, Romans 15, is that, man, the biggest motivation for all of this is not so we can be some great ministry. It's because we love you and we hear you. We want this to be a space and a, and a, and a ministry and a place for you've had your, your greatest, we've had your greatest years where you're, you're growing close and I've talked enough, but um, we love you guys. We're excited about this change. But, but because of Romans 15, where we're gonna be at tonight, we are starting something new and our aim is biblical community what a, what a great opportunity in starting something new to open the word of God and be like, okay, God, what should that community look like, right? What an awesome opportunity that we can agree. If you're a Christian in the room, you've already agreed that this is the word of God, right? You've already agreed that, that God has the greatest design for what church looks like. And so we're gonna jump into it, Romans 15, one through seven. Y'all go there with me. Starting in verse one. It says, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who approached you fell on me. And so the first thing we wanna see, if we wanna have the ingredients of a great community, is we need to be a community that loves sacrificially. I want you to go through this with me and see that there's this distinguishing that Paul is doing between strong and weak, and that can be very confusing. See, in the context of Romans 14 and 15, there were believers who were formerly Jews, so Christian Jews, believing Jews, that they were living under the old regulations of the law that told them that they couldn't eat certain things and, and meats, that they had to observe the Sabbath and they could only walk a certain distance and they couldn't do certain things. They were told they couldn't drink certain things. And so they were, in, in Rome, there were these Christians that were former Jews that were really struggling when their other Jewish friend, also in Christ, was eating bacon, for example, right? Like, it was like, wait a minute, like, is that okay? Like, and just to be around it, it made them kind of feel uh, uneasy. I, I would compare it to this. It doesn't make them weak in their faith, necessarily. There's just certain things that make them stumble. And so, like, for me, I'll be vulnerable with, with you and hopefully bring you in. So, um, my biological father, not the man I call dad today, my biological father has an, an alcohol problem. And so I, I, knowing that even now today, I don't, there's nothing in here that says there's, that you can't drink. Drunkenness is there. That's like, uh-uh, that, that's a sin. But I, to this day, if I were just not being selfless and being selfish, I struggle being even around the thing that was the source that Satan used to destroy a family or try to destroy. Does that make sense? And so that's like something in me from, from my past that my brothers and sisters and even like my wife, like they know and they were, they're strong. They don't, they don't struggle in that area. They, they step up and maybe they're, they're willing to forego like having a drink oftentimes in front of me. Does that make sense? And so I, w- I would liken it to that. Another thing that's interesting here and in what's happening is 
this, the body is being sacrificially loving. Those that don't struggle in certain areas um, are being considerate of those that do. There's also verse seven that says, therefore welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. There's another complex issue that's happening. So the Roman church, y'all know about a lot of the persecution of like Nero, for example. Y'all heard of that maybe a little bit? It's, it, it was bad. There were lots of like, uh, the Midian was another emperor that was uh, persecuting uh, the, the church of Rome. But basically there became a time where it was so heightened that some of the Christians at Rome were pretty much told like, hey, like, are you, are you a Christian? Are you gonna worship the emperor? And, and whether or not they could be a proper citizen and, and, and buy and sell goods or, or not die, depending on if they claim Christ or not. So they would, a lot of them said, yeah, I'm not a Christian. I'm not part of the church. And they actually left the church to have an easier road and avoid persecution. But then there were those who remained faithful, who did not deny Christ before uh, Roman powers and authorities. And many of them were killed. Uh, many of them were deaf, almost all of them were definitely persecuted. And so what that created after the persecution died down is all the ones who took the easy road, they started coming back into the church. Now, could you imagine how you would feel if you were the one who stayed faithful and didn't deny Christ? Would you want them back? No, right? You would not want the people who denied Christ and took the easy way while your wife died or your brother died for Christ or, or you maybe are, were severely beaten or whatever for the sake of Jesus' name. And so there's some hostility that happened. They were like, no, 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 we're not they're our enemy. They don't get to come back. They denied Christ. They denied this fellowship. They're our enemy. They're not our friend. Verse seven, Paul says, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. The hard truth, friends, is that me and you and every single person on this earth that has come to Christ before Christ, what Romans 5 says is that we were not his friends. Every single person that Christ has welcomed into his saving love was an enemy of Christ. And so Paul is telling these Roman Christians that you're refusing to welcome people back in who are repenting. Yes, they, they were weak in their faith when it came to persecution, but they are your brothers and they are your sisters. And you need to welcome one another just as Christ welcomed you because you are also an enemy of Christ. Y'all see the connection there? So maybe where this plays out for us in the context of community and groups is and maybe there's just a lot of people that don't speak up a lot in your group. Maybe they're not as confident in their faith. And for those of you that are, it doesn't mean that you talk the whole time. It means that you get to have coffee with that quiet person that doesn't talk as much. And you share their, you listen and you learn their story and you build them up and you start highlighting evidences of God's grace in their life. And you say, hey, like, I, I want you to know this. Like, you have a lot to give to the body. You have a lot that you could, you could, you could contribute in the discussion. And, and maybe the next time you gather together, you're sitting next to them and there's a discussion and a question is posed and you kind of like elbow them like, you know what I mean? Maybe it looks like that. Maybe, maybe for those of you that um, have had someone in this community that you know or a friend that they just blew it. Maybe they did some things in a relationship that you told them not to. Maybe they've uh, just been away from church for a while and maybe they have patterns of this similar to these Christians that kind of bailed on the church in, in the church at Rome. And maybe what you're tempted to do when they come back to the church is turn away and not talk to them and welcome them in. Maybe there's been someone that hasn't only been to your group one time or two times or three times and they decided to come on the 
meal tonight and you're like, well, of course they came tonight. Well, maybe what you need to do in that is have the attitude that Christ, did, sorry, that Paul through God is telling us and saying, why don't you just welcome them back in because they're here and they're probably a brother and they're probably a sister in Christ. Does that make sense? And so as we come together, as we wanna be a community that, that is God-pleasing, it's, it's, it's one that loves sacrificially. I actually, um, I want to show you a video real quick in just a second. It's from a little clip of the series called The Chosen. And I want to show you an example of how we can be tempted to leverage our strength <laughs> to be unloving, not sacrificial loving versus loving. I think this is a good image. Y'all, y'all check this out. You guys see that video? Rabbi. Ah, you couldn't wait, could you? We're sorry, we just uh, wanted to clear a few things up, if that's okay. By all means. You Jewish boys are far from home. Yes, as a matter of fact, we are. Shalom to you, too. Here's our traditional Jewish greeting for you. Don't lift a finger. That was a warning. Try it again and see what happens. Quiet, Big James. Shalom to you, too. You filthy dogs! I said quiet. Let us do something. And what would that achieve? Defending your honor. They reviled and humiliated you. They deserve to have bolts of lightning rain down and incinerate them. Yes, fire from the heavens. Fire? You said we could do things like that. Say the word and it will happen. Why not? We knew we couldn't trust these people. We shouldn't have come here in the first place. They don't deserve you. Why do you think I had you work, Melek's field? What was I trying to teach you? To help? You think it was just to be more helpful? Or to be better farmers? It was to show you that what we're doing here will last for generations. What I told Fotina at the well, and what she then told so many others, it's sowing seeds that will have a lasting impact for lifetimes. Can you not see what's happening here? These people that you hate so much are believing in me without even seeing miracles. It's the message, the truth that we're giving them. And you're going to get in the way of that because a few people from a region you don't like were mean to you. That they're not worthy? What, you're so much better? You're more worthy? Well, let me tell you something. You're not. That's the whole point. It's why I'm here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Rabbi. As we gather others, I need you to help show the way to be humble. We will. You wanted to use the power of God bring down fire to burn these people up? Well, it sounds a lot worse when you say it that way. <laughs> you too. Your 
like a storm on the sea. Come on. Thunder exploding out of your chests at every turn. <laughs> In fact, that's what I'm going to call you from now on. James and John, the sons of thunder. Thank y'all. Thank y'all for watching that. Man, it's a, it's a really, it's a powerful thing as, all right, let's just call down fire and thunder. And, oh, you know, like they wanted to leverage their strength. And man, we're with Jesus. He's right here. We can do this right now. And Manny lovingly kind of lays it out before him. And he says, you're not worthy. That's the point. That's why I came. And so for all of us before Christ, we were not made worthy. And through his atoning blood, through him dying for our sins and raising from the dead and offering salvation to us and making us children of God, that's what's made us worthy. And then this little clip just portraying that scene of James and John with Jesus, that's what he's trying to tell them. He's telling them, hey, like you don't want to be in the way of my saving work. You don't want to leverage your strength to condemn. You want to leverage your strength to invite not your strength, but the strength of God, which is best displayed in the cross of Christ, amen? So that's what community begins to look like. And James and John did listen, and we're here 2,000 years later, so that's pretty cool. So we want the community to be sacrificially loving. Let's keep moving on through verses four to seven. It says, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. We see lots of things in verses four through seven. We see them having endurance. We see them encouraging. We see them gathering around scriptures and sharing that hope that they have in Christ. We see them being in harmony and having unity. We see, as I already said, them welcoming one another. There wasn't one person that they thought they're not worthy of being welcomed. And so first, yes, the community has to be sacrificially loving. I think the second thing that we're gonna see and, and really the final thing that we're gonna look at tonight is we have to be a community just like them that were gathered around the word. And where do I find this? I find it in verse four. It says that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have Hope. And you're th thinking, Cole, I don't know how all these things really overflow from that. Well, let me tell you an example. How many times, and hopefully as we gather in homes next semester, I'm hopeful about this. When you talk about endurance, there's going to be so many times where you're with another believer, you're in the, the presence of another believer, and maybe they're having a good week, and maybe they share something from God's word, and they had no idea that at that very moment that you were on the edge, <laughs> like you're about willing to give up, that you were maybe incredibly anxious or incredibly depressed, you were in a deep pit of struggle, but something about mustering up the energy to get together with the body and gather around his word that says it's living and active, that says it's God breathed, that says every time you open it and read it, understand it and obey it, it's never a waste of time. That every single time we do that, that there's a source of hope. There's a source of encouragement. There's a source of endurance and perseverance. And even more, I would say this, friends, what is ultimately happening when you're in a circle, when you're in a living room together, when you're at the coffee table with this book open? 
is that as you look around with whoever's there, you're looking at other Christians. And those same Christians are united in the effort, in the striving, in the struggle to make this word their authority. They're united in whatever you read from Genesis to Revelation to agreeing that this is true. You're united with a group of people who need that truth, who hunger and thirst for it. And most of all, the thing that matters the most is you're united with a group of people who are unified around one thing. And that thing is a person and his name is Christ. And what the scriptures reveal to you is how to know Christ. Y'all tracking? So this is actually, this is incredibly simple. This is, this is Jesus' formula. <laughs> this is what he's told us to do. Like, turn the lights off, like tear it down. We've never needed that. We've needed to be a community that is informed by the gospel of Jesus Christ to sacrificially love, who love his word and gather around it, who share life with one another, who welcome one another as Christ loves the church. And who have an ultimate posture of saying, it's not about me. I want the band to, to, to come up and lead us in a closing song. Here's, I was thinking about this when I was talking with my wife last night. As we come up on this, this change in our ministry, and when I say things like we do need to have a posture of it's not about me, I want you to think about how cool this is. Just envision this with me. Let's say we're a community that sacrificially loves one another. Let's say we're a community that commits to gathering around the word. Some people would think, hey, when I'm selfless, when I just exist to love others and, and serve others, I never get filled up. I'm empty. Some of you leaders feel that way. And I'm sorry for that. I, I see that reality. You think, if I just focus on pouring out, I'm never gonna be fulfilled. I'm never, I'm not gonna feel filled up. I'm not gonna feel nourished. I'm not gonna feel refreshed when I gather if it's all about me serving. But here's what's cool. Y'all lean into this, please. If we commit to one another to love every single person in these groups that we have and in this ministry, to love one another as Christ has loved the church, you know what's amazing? every single person will go into that space saying, hey, it's not about me. God, I want you to leverage the encouragement that I have. I want you to leverage the love that I have to love and serve someone else. You know what begins to happen? You actually walk away from that space more fulfilled than you ever have when you come into that space just thinking about me, me, me. I want to be filled up. Why? Because while you're pouring into someone else, because everyone else is sacrificially loving, there's someone pouring into you. That's how it works. Isn't that beautiful? That's amazing. Like we, me, Cole Rhodes, I get this mixed up all the time. I think, man, it's a pastor. I'm just pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. But in reality, there's so many people that love me as well, that encourage me as well. We get on that same page, guys. Something beautiful happens. We're not even about ourselves, but yet ourselves are more filled up than ever. Isn't that crazy? That's what the Word of God is telling us tonight. I'm so passionate and excited about this. I haven't been doing ministry super long, but I'm 30. And I'm just at a point where I'm just like, Cole, just get out of the way and open this thing up and let God work, right? Just let God work. And we do it together. We do it together, friends. And I just got a sense God is up to something.
So my invitation to you, some of you, and you have been on the outside, you've been on the fence, you've been someone that if you're honest, and it's okay to be honest, you have not experienced the community that you've wanted here. Been some of you that maybe you, you've kind of given up on that, and so maybe you just come to the gathering spaces and don't even try to join a group. And I feel you, we've seen that too. My invitation to you is to look at Romans 15 and trust this is what we're trying to do. We're not adding anything else to it. We're gonna just do what Christ has given us to do. Amen? And just come into that. It's simple, but it's profound because it's his word and it's powerful. And it's us, it's the body loving one another. And maybe for some of you, man. You have been those that have just been pouring out and pouring out and pouring out, and you're just burnt out. You don't know how you feel about all this. Man, just look at this and trust that if we catch this vision, man, you're going to walk away more fulfilled than ever. And for those of you, man, you've been with us for a long time. You've been with us for years. You've been through all, all the changes and different things that we've tried. One, I want to thank you for being faithful and, and just send another ask once again to just go on this journey with us. And why I can ask you that is because you're not following me, friends. You're not. I'm just looking. I feel this where God is leading us. I see him over there. I'm, I'm seeing Christ. I'm seeing him. And I'm just, I'm just saying, man, y'all want to go? Let's go. Let's do this. Like, this is going to be great. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be so much change. There's going to be so many things we don't know that we have to learn. But man, it's going to be good. Y'all see that? Come with us. I love you guys in Christ Jesus. I love every single one of you. If you bow your heads for a second. Let's give you a moment in the quietness of your heart. I just, um, wherever you, you're at in this, I just want you to ask God that he may give you a renewed sense of excitement and possibility around what community with other brothers and sisters could look like in your life. I ask that maybe in the quietness of your heart, you would just confess to him some hindrances to that ask him to remove that. I, I want you to also to in the quietness of your heart to, to pray for this exciting change that we're going through, to, to pray for what God's going to do and that he'd move and work in your life and show us that in the simplicity of sacrificially loving one another and gathering on his word that he's going to do big things. I'll give you a few moments to, to pray that and then the worship band will lead us in response. We hope you are encouraged by today's podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the journey, check us out on Instagram or Facebook at the journey LBK. Thanks for listening.